Welcome to the weekly episode of the Freelancer Codex Podcast. Your host, Stephen, and co-hosts Mike, Devin, and JD are all set. Join us and tweet your questions at Freelancer Codex. Find us on Facebook at Freelancer Codex. Or send emails to freelancercodex at gmail.com. Strap into your javelins and let's drop in. Hey, freelancers. Welcome to a different kind of episode of the Freelancer Codex podcast. Maybe we'll just call this like episode 93 bonus time because we're not really recording. What? 93.2. 93.2? Like radio station 93.2? Kind of because there's just two of us and we're just kind of like chilling and talking on this uh, 4th of July weekend, hoping everybody had a safe one and we're just going to get together and Talk about a few things, right? And, and that's really what we wanted to do because we didn't want to just like not have a show, but schedules and dentist issues and mainly just schedules of not linking up. But we said, hey, we can get together. We can talk about something not Anthem related because we've been talking about Anthem for 92 episodes. Currently, there's not much going on in the game. Um, there's some PTS updates, but we'll talk about that next week. New armor dropped on the cosmetic store, but I mean, that's all stuff that we can just save and talk about. So we wanted to come right. over here and say, hey, we can talk about some random stuff, things that we have been doing, experiences that you had. You recently got to go to Galaxy's Edge, so I had a bunch of questions that I wanted to talk to you about that. Because really, like Star Wars Galaxy Edge is like the most video game amusement park that i think that we have right now just because right. star wars has been a video game since i don't know since for forever and this yeah. is the first time you get like full immersion of that experience and you know i, I like disneyland you've been there you practically like have the place memorized you know all the ins uh-huh. and the outs if if I there do. was an- I'm, a, I'm a self-proclaimed disney expert i know that there are people out there who are who are much more seasoned than i but but and, oh. and there's a whole there's a whole meta involved with this and things that I've been thinking about is Steve approached me with this idea to talk about some stuff because I can make it Anthem related, which I will at the end as I tie everything together, just, you know, some general, general meta ideas and how we perceive things and how we handle things and how things are um, accepted by the masses. So we'll, we'll tie that in at the end after I give my galaxy's edge review so are you saying there's a disneyland meta that i don't even know about there's a huge disneyland meta that 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 i was even unaware of at times but i'm learning a whole lot more about it um because i think it's because i'm getting older a little bit and i'm seeing the other side of what a trip to disneyland entails what Um, you mean the other side without kids like the time that we went during ea play and you didn't have to have kids so no strollers you could just do whatever you needed no bathroom breaks every 10 minutes so that that was that was an an experience and and i've actually had the opportunity to go a couple times without kids um i think that there are definitely pros and cons to both um i have two little ones who absolutely light up when you walk through disneyland's gates and so i wouldn't trade those experiences for anything but if you only have a day to do Disneyland, I mean, you want to go without kids. You walk on the rides. You don't have to worry about ride or switch passes. You don't have to worry about fast passes too much. You get on and you do everything and you can do pretty much everything. And what did we do it in seven hours, I think? We rocked it. We did it really fast. We Sorry, I had, to, I had to pause my mic there because for some reason my dog is freaking <laughs> out. But hey, there he is again. There he is again. Someone's shooting their after, after 4th of July fireworks. Um, so what, so it was just an awesome experience and I'll go ahead and 
just jump right into it. Um, so we were able to hold on before you, be before you okay. do that, before you talk about that real quick. No, it's fine. Just give me one second. I'm going to pause this really quick. So before we get into the Star Wars talk, though, I want to ask you how your 4th of July was. 4th of July was fun. Um, we've got tons of family in town. And so we're able to spend it with family and friends. Um, three quarters of the codex got to get together and we had a cookout. We had hot dogs and hamburgers and games and fireworks and fountains. Then we watched our city's show. Um, and it's a great time to be off of work and just be around people and celebrate what the 4th of July means for us. We have a pretty strong uh, military um, tradition in our family, military heritage. And so it's a great time to honor those men and women from our family who have served and who have, um, in some cases, given their last and given their all for this amazing country that we live in and this beautiful land. And so it's just, it's a pretty surreal time mixed with lots of emotions um, you know, trying to teach the kiddos about honoring America and honoring everybody around them. And then, of course, good food, always way too much food. Um, and There's always good company. So definitely is always a lot of food and it's fun to get together. So you I'm assuming you have all 10 fingers still. I do did not lose any. And all the kiddos ended up with all of their fingers, despite how how strongly they wanted to light a firework off. They've they kept everything. Nobody stepped on a spent sparkler. That's always a, a scary thing because you don't you don't always expect all of them make it into the uh, bucket of water. Um, but they all made it into the bucket of water, and so no one was able to step on one. So that was good. That was awesome. Yep. And I don't I don't think we had, did we have any near misses? No, we didn't have any. We didn't start any fires. No, we, didn't. we didn't. We didn't have to nope, put anything yeah, out with the water hose. So yeah. everything was good. Dogs are okay. You know, dogs even, do not freak even out. Even your dog did well. Your dog did well. Well, he's like, he just doesn't care. He's like, oh, loud <laughs> noises. I have to go bark at that loud noise. He, I mean, he didn't even bark that well. Bark right. that much, so. Bark that well. He didn't bark well. He didn't bark that well. Hold on. Now, now that we've got all the 4th of July stuff out of the way and that my dog is not freaking out anymore. So I want your like initial impression first, like walking into um, Galaxy's Edge. So my family got to go over the um, reservation only weekend and opening week. So we were able to experience both the um, you need reservations to get in and then just general admission. So when we first got there, checked into our hotel, got our reservation, super excited. Um, we were given three hours to be in Galaxy's Edge which was normal for everybody. You got a three hour kind of by reservation only preview kind of, not really preview, but so we got there on um, Saturday. We got into the park. Um, our reservation time hit and there were just long, long lines of people wanting to get in rightly. So, but it went super fast. Um, cast members scanned our wristbands as we went in, we walked in and we walked in on the, um, on the resistance side of Galaxy's Edge, because so there's, there's two sides. There's a resistance side and a first order side. Um, so the entrance to get to the resistance side is actually in Critter Country. There's an entrance to get to the first order side through Fantasyland. Um, mostly on the Frontier Trail is how you get to it. It's not right in Fantasyland. And then there's actually a third entrance um, where you where you go through and you kind of get in kind of in the middle, kind of like a neutral-esque essence, um, entrance um, kind of thing. 
Um, so we went in on Critter Country. So we got in through the resistance side and we were looking and walking around. And the first thing we see off to the side is a is an A-wing. And we're like, oh my gosh, that is the coolest thing I've ever seen. And then you walk a little bit further and there's an X-wing up on a pedestal, on a, uh, a platform, um, like a landing bay, docking bay kind of thing. And you're just looking at it going, that's an X-wing. Like, like That's I've, a full-size X-wing. X-wings. Yeah. I've had Lego X-wings. I've built them out of um, paper, t- paper towel rolls and Q-tips. I've built them out of, um, you know, I've had the little plastic micro machine ones. Um, and I remember playing with these A-wing, with these X-wings. And there it is. This is, this is so cool. And you're walking around and there's, there's did, uh, cast so do, numbers. Do you get to like go up and touch the X-wing? Because it's, it's a T-70, right? It's a T-70 X-wing. It is, it's a T-70. You can't go up and touch it. Um, it's actually blocked off. It's not. It's not close to you. So you can't uh, you like can take it. pictures next to it. You can't climb the little ladder you, up to it. You can't climb the ladder up to it. So the A wing is on ground level, but it's blocked off by by um, barriers. So you can't get close to it. You can take pictures, um, but you can't you can't get close to it. Um, it. So the resistance area is actually kind of sparse compared to the first order area, which I think is how it's supposed to be, you know, cause it's resistance, it's groups moving from one place to another, kind of like guerrilla, uh, you know, guerrilla esque tactics. And so setting up like a temporary base here and then moving on, um, nothing really, really well established, which makes sense because that's what you would expect it to be. And, so, and it's all not done yet. Correct. I mean, they're still building. It's, a, it's all done. It's all done. I think the stuff that's being built is all behind the scenes. Oh, I gotcha. Um, because you can see where where the queue is for the resistance themed ride that you're that is there, um, but you can't see into it. Um, on maps, you can even see cutaways of like where more X wings and more ships are underneath uh, rock formations. Oh, but you can't you can't get there. You can hear the sound effects when you walk past where that queue is going to be, um, but there's no way to get past it. There's no way to really get into even get more pictures taken or anything. So what so, you're saying is you didn't try that hard to get past there. Cause I'm sure you could have gone back there if I you pro- wanted bad enough, have. right? If, if I wanted to, I could. Have. Oh, I got um, lost. Is the bathroom this way? Uh, the problem is though, is they had cast members stationed at the entrance to that ride. Um, so, if, so if you were to accidentally get there um, versus climbing a barrier to get there, I think it would have been different. Um, and we'll talk about this in a second, but, but the cast members were a little edgy in galaxy's edge. Um, but, like but I'll in character, that. in character I, edgy, or they were just like, I'm so tired of these people trying to get back here. I, I don't think it was in character edgy. Um, and, and I don't want to like disparage anybody, but I mean, cast members are people and they get fed up with people just like anybody in customer service would but you know they're they're trained to try to always put a smile on but but i can imagine getting asked the same question i mean multiple multiple even more than your normal normal multiple times a day you know and people trying to bend those rules and get lost as it were to find new stuff i bet they got tired of it and so and so i I think they were i think they were super trained on how to really discourage people from from breaking the rules of disneyland which I mean, is I, this 
I'm sure it's got to be a different experience for them also because they're like, oh, great. And it's not just a normal Disney fan. These are Star Wars fans and they want to get yeah. back here. And they're like, hey, what about the sand? Where's the sand at? Do you hate sand too? Huh? Huh? Give them a little elbow shove. So I don't know. I, I don't know if people are like that. I'm, I'm sure people are. I'm sure I was like that. Like, I'm sure I'll probably be that way when the Marvel thing opens up. And I was like, hey, do you get this reference from this comic you probably haven't read? So I'm probably pretty sure people are like, stop it. I know who Thrawn is. Leave me alone. Go buy some food. <laughs> Move it along, please. Exactly. But. Move along. So, so as we were walking in, um, had, had my two boys and my two girls with me. And, and we were walking, taking pictures and ooing and aahing. And then behind me, a character walks past me and it's Ray. And we're like, oh my gosh, it's Ray. And she's, you know, walking with her staff and obviously going to somewhere to do her like meet and greet. And, and we kind of stop her and, hey, can we take a picture? She goes, well, I'm off to go somewhere. Um, we're like, can we follow you? So she grabs my little girl's hand. and I mean, as a parent, it just melts your heart, right? So Right. You, so she, she, you could exactly. have died that day. I could have, you know. So so she walks on and she takes her. Um, she takes my little pagey and she just starts walking on and talking to her. And, you know, where are you from? Um, How would you get to Batu? Because that's the name of the of the land that we're in. We drove so the, gets, the Honda class uh, speeder all the way here. <laughs> the Honda class Odyssey. Um, so, you know, so it's just super cool stuff. Right. And just a super cool experience. And she, so she poses with the picture and she teaches them all how to use the force. And she says, you know, if you ever come up against stormtroopers, this is how you get them to leave the area. You know, so like the area itself is really interactive. Um, there's, there's a mobile app that you can get and there's mobile pieces to, to play a game while you're waiting in line. There's things to do on the phone. It's really immersive that way. And I think that's really cool that Disney's doing that. Um, I think uh, that's, hopefully that's the way that things go in the future. Like, because I currently, the majority of the park is just stand in line, walk through it. Some queues have cool stuff to look at, but I mean, you're talking internet. But Steve, they used to have cool stuff to stand into. Okay, so I remember going to Indiana Jones when it opened. Right, okay? and there was like a four-hour we wait went, line. It was an amazingly long line, and there were things to do. There's a code in the queue um, that you can decode. I guess not a code, but there's there's, there's hieroglyphs and stuff. Hieroglyphs, yeah. There's in the in the spike room. There's an interactive thing. In the antique room, there's an interactive thing. Yeah, but I don't and think any of those things work anymore because it seems like every, the last couple of times we've gone, they have not. They do. They've just been changed a ton. Um, so, so just a quick throwback. When you walked into the spike room, there was a bamboo post that had a sign on it that said, please don't touch. Okay. If you, if you touched it and pushed it hard enough, it would make a cracking sound and then the roof would start to come down. It doesn't come down very much, but it starts to come down. So it's an interactive piece. Um, since then, it has changed to a very loose, flaccid pole of, of bamboo that is more you like You should a never have a flaccid pole. Yeah. You I shouldn't. Mean, you have problems when you have a flaccid pole. You do. And so you push it and you push it hard because everybody knows pole. about it. Yeah, everybody knows about it. And so everybody tried it and has done it. And so I can understand that being a thing, um, you could pull a rope in the in the um, antique room and you would hear somebody drop a pot and there would be some dialogue. 
Um, so it's really cool stuff. And I remember, Stephen, that Q taking hours. Well, I mean, that was before FastPass and before those exactly. days. Exactly. And I'm speaking to your point now of, of you saying that, that Disneyland has become standing in line, and it hasn't. With FastPass, with Rider Switch Pass, um, with the way that you can max pass everything, if you stand in line at Disneyland, it's because you want to stand in line at Disneyland. Or you there just don't are... want to pay $15 per ticket to get the Fast Pass. Okay, so now let me tell you about what's been going on at okay. Disneyland over the last little bit. Because this is part of that meta that I was talking about. The Disney Disneyland, meta. The Disneyland currently, since the opening of Galaxy's Edge, has become ghost town. And that's what everybody will tell you. Is that there is there are no there's nobody there. Rides are five minutes, if that. Um, we when we went during our during the general opening of Galaxy's Edge, there were days where we walked on to every ride. Hyperspace Mountain five minutes. Indiana Jones ten minutes. Is that just I because think, everyone's in Galaxy's Edge, or everyone's like, no, wait until after opening because it's going to be insane. We'll see, and that's the thing. Galaxy's Edge was even really sparse also. Um, I, so there's this whole thing going on that, that people are saying that Galaxy's Edge has has killed Disneyland and it was a flop opening and nobody's there. And Because I really expected, Steve, on Monday morning, I expected lines to be so long to get into the park that there was no way we were going to go to the park that day. We were going to make it a beach day. I I expected people lining up at midnight after Disneyland closed on Sunday to get in line for Monday morning's opening. That's what I expected. But but that was nowhere to be seen. And either, so this is what I'm thinking, either people all had the same idea that the park is going to be slammed, let's go later, or everybody who would have done the eight-hour wait to get there was able to get in through their reservation time and was able to see everything that they wanted there. But I still have a hard time believing that. I'm I'm not sure why lines weren't as long as I thought they would have been. Even the new ride that was open, um, Smuggler's Run, I think the largest wait time that I saw was 120 minutes. I mean, it's possible that there could be a number of things, right? Because the last time that a new land opened up in Disneyland, it was probably Cars Land in 2011. I believe uh, so. But, no, I guess because even then, it's like, you know, with the rise of YouTubers and videos and people making videos, maybe people have already seen what they want to see via video. And so so now, it wasn't like a huge... Fresh. Now or, it's like ruined kind of thing? I don't know if it's ruined, but I mean... And and maybe it's maybe it's the hey we'll just wait it's going to be packed we'll go later, or people that wanted to see it already saw it and they got reservations and they did it that way. I mean it's been like mm -hmm. in soft opening for what two months now month um, maybe. So so May thirty first to June twenty fourth. Okay, so about a month of of a soft open. Yep. But yeah, yeah, I don't know. Maybe that's just it adds that much more land um, real estate so that people don't feel as as crowded but even then i don't know because i mean last time we went yeah. some of those lines just those lines were pretty long still i mean even with mm -hmm. the the new fast pass thing and 
having to pay fifteen dollars yep. for per day per ticket. I'm sure that was really fun for you and everyone that you went with. But we we actually we actually didn't we didn't have to we didn't have to do the the max pass because because wait times were so low. Yeah, maybe Disney's just going bankrupt and they're just going to shutter the whole park because they're not hitting the I, numbers that they want. I bet that's what's happening. I I bet yeah. I bet they're real worried about about it too with Endgame being the largest opening kicked avatars but did it did it finally surpass avatar they saying no but i don't know these these adjustment for inflation um well i mean and and then they had to put the movie out twice i mean that's kind of like a hey we didn't quite make it we were close so let's add some extra footage and put it out again so i don't, I don't that, think that's what happened no that that's exactly what happened that's that's the only reason that they would do that they haven't done it for any other movie that they put well, out I, I mean all those extras I go to blu-ray those, i hear those six minutes changed the in, the entire um theme of the film so. oh yeah i'm sure no it did not <laughs> it was probably like stanley cameo at the end did end game beat let's see avatar let's so, see. so it hasn't it hasn't because avatar still reign supreme well, yeah, but it's again, it's two point like, seven eight eight billion compared to two point seven four nine. No, that's a uh, Endgame is two point seven five billion. So I mean, you know, they're pretty close. Two point seven five compared to two point seven eight eight. Okay, I mean it's it's close, but then but then they say, well, with inflation and and overall ticket sales and well, I'm also thinking to myself, you know, Avatar was all in three D, so that. Yet buy 3D tickets then, so it, well, I don't know. Yeah, I don't know. Who cares? I mean, I it's Who like you guys are the biggest movies ever. Good on you. Second place yeah, is right? still pretty good. So yeah, Marvel's. I mean, Disney's gonna own the world soon. So whatever. so anyway, I want you to tell me about like tell me about the ride. Tell me about the Millennium Falcon, Mike. Okay, okay. So we're not there yet. So okay. we're still walking through. We're still walking through the uh, the Resistance area. Um, we see everything that's cool, and then we end up going to to the 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 city, the marketplace and on Batu. Um and and I'm really not like a Star Wars guy. Um like I can't name the ships. I don't know I don't know much outside of the movies. Um I know who Luke is, I know who Leia are. Um I know You know who I Leia know, are? I know who Leia are. Um Luke and Leia, I know who they are. I know Han and I know Han. Okay, There's fair a enough. Big distinction there. Big difference. Big You've difference. seen all the movies. You watched Solo. You've watched Rogue I, Run. I, I did watch Rogue Run. Rogue, Rogue Run? Run? It's Rogue Run. Rogue it's Run? like Chicken Run, but Rogue Run. So like you <laughs> I, like I, I on, a, so, on a scale of one to ten, like where's your Star Wars excitement level? Because I mean, you grew up with Star Wars. It was always on in the house. All the toys. Your brothers had all the stuff, and we were like hitting each other with fence poles as lightsabers. But, but that's the thing. My brothers were doing it. I, I really wasn't a huge part of it. Because so, you were the so jock. I was. I was. Um, Judging us so from your <laughs> from, from my, your goalposts <laughs> so, with the medals so around your neck. It wasn't super terrible. It was really fun. I really enjoyed being there. I liked Because I'm more of a Disneyland fan, I think, it was just fun seeing Disneyland expand and the world was immersive, and you felt like you were there. Um, the cast members' clothing was awesome. Everything was different. Um, one of my favorite things about Disneyland are the trash cans. This is so weird about you. 
it is a little weird, but they're so themed to all the different lands. So I took pictures of the trash cans because they're cool <laughs> you looking. You took pictures of the trash cans. <laughs> I did because they look like droids. Um, so it was fun and it was cool being there. And it was just neat to see something new and a new place because I felt like I had learned all of the secrets to all the other rides, if that makes sense. You knew where I, all the I, hidden Mickeys were. You knew what to look I, for, where the Eeyore sign for. is. I know where the Evil Queen is in the Snow White queue. Um, if you if you haven't seen that, please go look. Um, if you haven't ever seen the Evil Queen, I've I've been to all these places. So this was just something cool and new. Plus, I could experience it with the kiddos who are starting to know who all these characters are especially in, in the latter movies um, with Ray and Poe and Finn and BB-8, um, you know, so all these cool things that are, that are coming, that are, that are becoming part of my kids growing up and part of me um, kind of still sharing that with them. So it's super cool and it's really fun. Um, well, I'm guessing so it's also through. a different experience because they're actually growing up with these Star Wars characters compared to yeah. growing up with things like, Pinocchio or Peter Pan like I, I know you've shown your kids those movies but I mean I don't know how many like parents nowadays are like going back to the old VHS tapes because you know Disney's got to keep all their stuff in the vault that they never open except for twice a year for every movie that they've ever released for their or, bonus or blu-ray edition they right change everything to live action um so the thing is Steve is is I think the movies and the characters now are more accessible if you think about it because because when we, we grew up in a place that didn't have movie theaters, right? The, the movies were out and on VHS by the time we were even old enough to go to a movie, right? Right. Um, so, so we kind of missed that whole thing. But, but with the kiddos and with Netflix and with everything being there and DVD, Blu-ray, like, like the movies are accessible and they're there. And, and for me, the movies are actually they're good movies. They, they teach, they teach light versus dark. Um, you know, they teach overcoming and becoming a master of yourself and just some really, I mean, the Jedi mantra of, you know, it, it's just, it's something that, that I don't want to be weird, but it, it speaks to me. It, it's things that I can attribute to my life, you know, and, and treating people the way that they should be and, and, you know, not, not ruling with fear and the whole idea that, you know, fear and hate and anger, these are all dark things because they really are. And, and again, part of the meta that that helps drive this for me is that there's a way to live. And, and a lot of the Jedi tenants are are that way, you know, treating people with respect and, and being humble and, and not Solving. seeking out power. Well, I think one of the things like, I mean, you talk about that, like, hey, it's weird. It's like, no, I mean, the movies are, are, are great for a reason. And they kind of speak on that level of, you know, how, if you had ultimate power, what would you do with it? I mean, you know, that's mm -hmm. kind of the, the downfall of the empire, right? And when you talk right. about like Luke, um, the way that he's, you know, spoiler alert, you know, finished the fight in the last <laughs> movie, and he did it in a peaceful way, never yeah. raised a lightsaber to Kylo. You know, he, I mean, he wasn't even there. He did the most Jedi thing ever, which was yep. he defeated him and let people escape. And he did it without having, having to fight. And I know a lot of people take issue with that. And they're like, oh, Luke wouldn't do this. He's a Jedi. It's like, no. And that's like the most Jedi thing he could have done is right. like have, give people the time to escape without, you know, fighting 
this person that he, you know, his nephew that he loves that he doesn't want to hurt. So, I mean, that's like, Hey, you guys, you don't have to solve everything with, you know, hitting someone with the lightsaber over and over again. Well, well, what is, what is Leah's, what is Leah's, Leah, 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 your sister-in-law? What, what is, no, um, princess general, what's her name? Carrie Fisher's line. There you go. Yeah. (laughs) Um, that that you can't solve everything by jumping in a cockpit and blowing something up. Yeah, you know, and so and and again, the movie. We're, since we're not talking about that, um, I mean, I mean, we can talk about it. We're talking about issues, stuff. right? It has issues, and there's things that you're like, what? But, like, but ultimately, here? yeah. But ultimately, the, the 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 Jedi tenants are things that I think that if more people would just get behind i think our world would be a better place but anyway that that's just me i th- I think we ought to care about people more and think about ourselves less but, but whatever. i agree so so you're walking in steve and then you you would and i find this kind of odd that that they placed this particular ride here because this is like right well maybe it's not right middle but it's but it's in the first order controlled area of galaxy's edge and then you you round this corner, and Steve, there is a Millennium Falcon right there. The mother the T, effing Millennium Falcon. The, the TY nine seven two freighter. I don't know. Thirteen hundred. The yeah right. So it's it's there, and you're like, oh my gosh, this is here, and I see. This is this is the ship. Like this is the ship. The X wing will mean Star Wars forever, but the Millennium Falcon will mean star wars forever like did you right? shed a tear when you saw it you don't you get a little choked up but then you suck that back in because because it's enough to make a grown man cry but not this man get I mean, back in there tear. yeah because you because you have to think that you like you you never would have thought that you would actually in person physically see the millennium falcon something that people yeah. have grown up with i mean yeah. i've got i have a model of it little tiny miniature on my desk at work and it's something they're like this is the millennium falcon this is the ship that made the kessel run in 12 parsecs and you're like it's right here in front of me it's like there it's I mean, it- there and and like it gets even better because then because then in a second you're gonna get on it and what? you're gonna be and you're going to pilot it or be a gunner on the ship or be an engineer, right? So you're going through and you start, you, you walk into the queue. This is at Smuggler's Run. You walk into the queue and you start following these hallways and then your phone blows up and says, you're close enough to play this game, you know? Wait, tell, the, tell me about the phone, Mike. Tell me about the phone. Okay. So there is an official Disneyland app, which if you go to Disneyland- Do you, you have to pay have. for it? Is it $20 to this, download? Okay. This one is free. This one is free. In, in addition- to the official Disneyland app, there's a Play Disney app, and it's park associated also. Okay, and it reacts to where you are in the park, and it is all of the mobile experiences that you can do in the park. Peter Pan has a mobile game that you get to play in the queue, which is really fun. Um, of course, everything in Galaxy's Edge has a mobile element to it. There are things that you can scan, QR codes that give you items for your character. There are um, antennas that you can tune that gives you, again, items for your character. There are doors. Every, every door has a panel on it. And you can hack these panels by playing a game. It's a, it's a simple puzzle game, and that's how you hack the things. 
But once you hack it, the door actually reacts to you and it'll start beeping and it'll make a sound like it's been opened. And it's just really cool. So are all, are all of these like collectibles? Like, hey, I have to collect these things. And like, do you, do you, I mean, are you earning points? You, you are earning points. You're earning items. There's, there's different categories. You can earn an outfit. You can earn weapons. You can earn ship schematics. You can earn star maps. I'm not sure what you do with them after you've earned them. I, I haven't gotten to that part yet. I don't know if it's up and running or if I'm just not smart. Mm-hmm. Um, two so possibilities, I see. Two possibilities. Both are both are very um, very possible. Very, very well likely. Happen, very possible. I guess the possibility okay. is possible. Exactly. So you walk in. You you walk into the queue, and your phone blows up and says, "You're close enough to play this game." Do hey, you, you shouldn't say that. Samsungs might actually blow up. <laughs> So you might want to rephrase how you say that. <laughs> so your phone gives you an alert. Okay, that's much better. And it says you're close enough to play. So you play this game. You open up your scanner and you start scanning QR codes of cargo boxes that are in the queue. Um, and then and then the, the app asks you, are you close enough to see this yet? And you say yes, and then it asks you questions about the Millennium Falcon. How many, how many, um, how much landing gear is down? Do you see any landing gear that isn't down? It's on the ground. Um, it should all be down. I hope. Uh, well, one could not be, cannot be fully extended. I'm gonna, I'm not gonna spoil it for anybody. All right, fair enough. It could. Millennium be. Falcon has a lot of issues. That's not out of the it, uh, it realm does. of possibility. It does. It's um, it has a weird droid thing that is had a had a questionable relationship to lando <laughs> that we retconned in there just for the sake of i don't know i guess the explanation in the extended universe wasn't good enough that there's three different computers talking to each other let's throw in this freedom fighting robot because that'll make sense in the future movies when it never comes up again when it never comes up again <laughs> but yeah or so, sure oh and by the by the way your name's solo now it could have been a whole yeah. cool backstory about your lineage, about your parents, but nah, random no. guy's just going to name you so. Anyway, that's not what we're talking about. So we're like, talking about the mother effing Millennium Falcon. <laughs> okay, so you go in, and you're walking around, and you're taking pictures. You're you're playing this game with your party. Um, so so you answer a question, and then you pass your phone to the next person, and they answer a question. It's a really fun thing. It helps pass the time. You're seeing all this cool stuff, all this cool Star Wars stuff um, that that really looks like the queue for star tours. Okay. So, so not a whole lot of it is like, wow, that's fresh. I've, you, you get in there and you're like, Oh, I've, I've seen this before. If that makes any sense. Well, you, yeah. I mean, they, right? and they've said they've reused some of like even the old, um, the old pilot from star tours, yep. the droid, I forget yep. what his name is. He's actually in the queue also. He's, he's in the queue. I'm sure, I mean, there's a bunch of R2 units there. Which I guess is I kind mean, of plays on the nostalgia that, hey, for people that have been there, that's something that's like, hey, this he was yeah. over in that queue. I recognize this person. So I guess you get a little bit of a nostalgia hit from that. New- you get a little bit of that. But the point that I was making is that it's it's a new land, but we've seen it before. Really? You know what I mean? Well, I don't know. Of. I haven't seen it yet. You haven't. You haven't. I have. You have. I know. That's um, why I'm asking you about it. Exactly. So you go through, you ask questions about the Millennium Falcon, and then you finally get to the point where you get to board the Millennium Falcon. Okay? And the, and and this is how it works. You get on with your party, and there can be six people in a party. Um, six people in a, in a crew. You get to walk into that main room on the Millennium Falcon where you've got the 
the game table set up where you know where Chewie's known to rip people's arms off. Right. There's the there's the sick bed thing there that you can go in and touch and the look Luke at. was always on for some reason. The Luke was always on. Um, was the training the was the training ball there? If it was, I missed it. Okay. I for, I forgot to look for it. You got to look for the um, Jedi books that Ray hid in there. Exactly. Oh, so oh, I, I guess I should ask you because I need to know: is this is this um, post? Um, not Return of the Jedi. What's the name of um, Force Awakens? Millennium Falcon, or is it pre? Um, so it's, new movies. One? So it's it's new movies. Millennium Falcon okay. because the Collector Shield is the rectangle versus the circle. Gotcha. You didn't know I knew that. I figured you might. That's what that's what I, I was asking. And I'm making all the nerd heads explode. I love it. Yeah. All right. So so you get on and and as you're in this big room, there's six other crews with you just looking around in this room, right? And then a cast member calls your group because you've been given a ticket. So you've nothing been, you, nothing so, you can steal and put in your pocket and be like, I have a piece of the, of the Millennium Falcon. I'm sure Every, many have tried. Everything's bolted down. Everything is bolted down, but but those Star Wars people are resourceful. It's true, they and are. So they are. What size Allen wrench do I need to bring when I go? That's my question. <laughs> exactly, exactly. So so they call your your crew your crew color. And you walk over, and there are six tickets. They're you know pretty hard cardboard tickets. Two of them say pilot. Two of them say gunner. Two of them say engineer. And you get to choose who is what on your crew. Okay. So as you go in, you sit in your assigned seat. They tell you where. Pilots are obviously up front. Gunners are in the middle. And engineers are in the back. And Steve, you will lose your mind when you get on this. Because there are switches and toggles and buttons and lights and and everything imaginable that you can flick and turn and click in the cockpit of the Millennium Falcon. Right? Okay? So it's it's like super sensory. and it's And it's really cool because it's everything about this is interactive and so, so you see, when, when you're looking in are, are we talking there's there's screens that we're looking at is it so so you're looking up you're looking up out of the cockpit imagine the windows okay. right so you're looking out they're, they're not screens because you're actually on the Millennium falcon you're in space right okay gotcha right okay so you get your mission from from the guy whose name i couldn't even tell you hondo the gun was yeah, that sounds right. He's like Honda, but, you know, different. But not Honda, sponsored yeah. by Honda. Not sponsored by Honda. So he gives you your mission. Your job is to go get some packages because, obviously, you're a smuggler. Right. right? Because Han Solo's a smuggler. That's what And he's, he's also dead. But So we're so we're borrowing the Millennium Falcon. Spoiler alert. Sorry. Uh, Chewie lets us because we promised to take really good care of it. Oh, that makes sense. I would always lend out, you know, my ship to someone that promises me something. That makes sense. Exactly. exactly. He's a trusting uh, Wookiee. <laughs> so your pilots, they they lift off and they take you and they're actually controlling the ship. One of the pilots controls your vertical. The other pilot controls the horizontal and light speed. Um, the other one controls brakes. So, so vertical and brakes. And then horizontal and light speed, because that makes sense, right? Right. Um, because they want everybody to have a turn doing this. Correct. So they take off and you start to fly. You fly out of this hangar and you try not to break stuff because because you're you're being given a score and you're earning points, right? So, so there's, there's a time, leaderboard. Leaderboard, time, damage, um, accuracy on shots, things like that. 
Us the Anthem Gunners, players love leaderboards, so I'm all about we this. We do love leaderboards. So so we start we start flying off. We're immediately attacked by the First Order, and the gunners have to gun, and the engineers... Because <laughs> what sure. else are you going to do as a gunner? A gunner's <laughs> exactly. got a gun. At, at a pilot's got I'm a pilot. Sure. Engineer's got an engineer. I wasn't I wasn't ever an engineer when I got to ride, so I don't know what the engineers were doing at this point. Um, but they have a role to play later. And they're fighting. So you so you follow you follow this package. You know the pilots have to keep you trained in on it. The gunners shoot it, and the engineers shoot grappling hooks to pick it up. Okay, you have to do this a couple times, and it's all it's all motion ride. Um, so those of you who are queasy um, understand that. But I, it, I ended up getting a little little queasy at the end because of it. I don't do very well with motion rides. Um, so you're you're controlling the motion. So wherever the pilots are going, that's where the cockpit's going to move. So at least you have some control over that. Then you know they say that, but but when we first wrote it, my uh, five year old daughter was the pilot. Okay, and we didn't know what we were doing. Um, so it was kind of rough. <laughs> it Fair was kind of rough. I don't, I don't even know if a trained pilot and a good pilot can make it more smooth than normal. So, um, I, so when you're flying around, are you flying around in a sandbox or is it linear? It's taking you from point A to point B. I'm pretty sure it's linear point A to point B with some kind of slight deviations. So, okay. So um, you're you kind can, of on rails. You're, you're, you're kind of on rails to a point you're on, you're on, it's kind of like the canoes. Um, I'm pretty gotcha. sure there are rails down there. Oh yeah, I, definitely. I is. can't, yeah, I can't imagine that they just say here. Have a canoe. And Don't run into it. that giant boat over there. Good luck. Exactly. Um, so it, it, is Kai there? Can, can Kai hear me? Kai, Kai cannot hear you, but he is here. All right. Let me talk to Kai really fast. Okay. Special guest coming yep. to you. Special guest. Kai, are you there? Yo. Hey, Kai. Yes, how I are am. you? Kai, this good is... The, I'm good. Thanks for asking. That's great. Kai, you're 10 years old. I want... I want you to tell me really quickly what you thought about the Millennium Falcon ride. It was awesome. As Dad said before, um, there there were six stations, pilots, two pilots, two what, gunners. What did you get to be? I was pilot controlling up and down and the hyper, and the jump to hyperspace, and then I was a gunner. Oh, so which one did you like more? One I liked more... Um, if you really want something that, um, let me think, is not a problem. You can think unexpected. Okay. Then you'd want to be a pilot because gunner, you'd hold a button and it shoot. And that's Would really it? All you had to do. Oh, so you just had to hold the button down. And it starts shooting. Okay. Right, exactly where you wanted to go, but the pilot. And it was just, if you didn't go up at the time, you'd crash and you'd lose a number of points. But oh. if you made it, then you'd earn a number of points. Ah, so it was um, pretty much like a video game that you would that you would play at home. Yes, it, it was. Very cool. I'm glad you got to do that, Kai. That sounds like you guys had a lot of fun. It was. Can I talk to your your weirdo dad now? Yes, you can. Thanks, Kai. You should be in bed. Yeah, I should. Yeah. <laughs> that was funny. 
All right, so so Kai said that you could you would earn points and you would lose points as you were flying around. Yep. Um, if your pilots crashed, there was a damage damage taken off um, off of your final score. Your accuracy was taken as a gunner, and then it was all calculated into a final point score, kind of like you would see at Buzz Lightyear or um, Toy Story Mania, and not not much of a leaderboard other than hey, this is the score I got. You know what I mean? Um, so for the gunner, is it just automatic? Like you're whenever there, you pull the trigger, you're going to hit. Okay. So, so there's an option to do an auto. What do they call it? Um, auto rotica. Let's not go there. So, okay. um, there was an an auto. Auto aim hit scan. A, aim assist. It was like an aim assist. Aim assist. Okay. An aim assist is what it was. When you pull the trigger, um, it shot the tie fighters. It was supposed to. Okay. So. And and most of the time it did. I mean, if you if you were a button smashed, you could. So, so you just held the button down. You could. so you're you're controlling the guns just by pushing the button, or how else are you aiming yeah, this? So so you yeah you just you just fire. If you put auto aim on, it'll track for you. Um, and I, like, I bet, do you have a joystick? Are you looking at a screen? You don't. You don't. All, oh, all of all the gunner has is a button. That's so it. This is probably yeah. This is probably where the pilot skill comes in. The pilot needs to kind of, unless you, unless you put it, if you put it on manual, then you rely on your pilot, I think, to get you there. But if you put it on auto, because I saw that my, the laser blast that I was firing, they would track my target. Oh, that's, that's kind of interesting. I was assuming that they had like some sort of joystick with a button or something that you'd actually. Nope. All you have, all you have is a button and it's, and it's up on the wall. It's not in front of you. Yeah, because I, I mean, I think like gunning in the Millennium Falcon, it's like Han and Luke at the top, you know. Yeah, the... you're you're not in the turrets. Oh. You're not in the turrets, which okay. is, again, a little weird. But um, And then there's a point where the Millennium Falcon um, malfunctions and breaks down. Okay. So And that's so where the engineer bunch, comes in. Well, that's where everybody comes in because a bunch of lights have will light up saying that you need to interact with these and push these and they light up all over the cockpit. Oh, so okay. So you kind of have to push everything around you. The the ride itself tells you exactly what to push, when to push. It glows, it turns on, um it starts blinking to get your attention kind of thing. Um so it's not it's not super complicated. I think that if you were to do nothing on the ride, you would still accomplish your goal. Right, you just want to get um, as high of a score. Exactly. And and as you're flying, you may stay stay really low and really scrape that ground, and it might be more bumpy. <laughs> Pardon me, and it might be more bumpy for you. Huh. So I think I think the key in this ride is our good pilots. Um, I think I think that's the key. Or or so, or really the key to the ride is actually just being in the Millennium Falcon and just kind of playing a little side game is just kind of an added bonus to that. Yeah, I think so maybe, but but if that's the case, that's. It's kind of a, a weird payout just to sit in that room. I mean, I mean, I guess the payout is to just kind of sit in the room then. No. I mean, like in my mind for, no. for like Star Wars fans, I mean, really, like the point is like the complete immersion of being in somewhere that's like Star Wars themed, I would think. Because, yeah. I mean, they only launched it with one ride, which is kind of a low, a low ride count for opening up a new land in my mind. I mean, even when they opened cars, Agreed. there was like five rides that were open. You know, to open three. Star Wars, there was only three. One, two, three, four. Cars, Cars only has three rides. Mm. Mater's, Mater's Junkyard Jamboree. Right, with the super annoying song. Makes you want to yep. drill your 
with with uh, Larry the Cable Guy speaking Spanish. Oh yeah, right? that's super great. Um, and then they had they had Luigi's ride at at that time. It was the flying saucer tires. But now it's just like the dancing car thing that just makes you now sick. The, yep. Now it's the dancing cars, and then um, I thought there was racers. more than that. Nope, hmm. just three. Interesting. Well, even even then, like you go from three to, and you go to one, it's like okay. I think the the main draw for Star Wars fans, at least, is to be somewhere where you know you're walking around stormtroopers, you're walking around resistance fighters. You can go buy a two hundred dollar lightsaber and customize it. You can go buy a droid. Like the, I think the ride sounds fun and all, but you know it just sounds like actually being there is the main draw. From so I think that what what I found out was the main draw for to be there was the cantina. Okay, because that, that by far had the longest line. Just just so parents could get alcohol and be like, man, I've got to get some alcohol in me. I think so, and and which is which is sad for me because um, I didn't ever expect that to be Disney. Um, that's not that's not why I go there. It's not something that I participate in. But for others, go for it. More power to you. I mean, shoot, man. I mean, if you're going to be right. there all day, you're looking at the prices. You're like, I need something to take the edge off. I mean, to that's take a, the edge off anyway. That's the place you're so, going to yeah. go. Yeah, and and again, like I say, more power to you. There's more. There's more that you can get there than just than just alcohol. There's food that they have there. There's also another restaurant there that that you can get food. Um, again, everything's all galactic, galaxy um, themed, so it's a lot of exotic looking stuff. So they pick a lot of exotic looking foods here, like shrimp and you know things that look like they might be from a different world. Right, um, like McDonald's hamburgers, those kind of things. Yeah, those things look like they could be from a different world. Yeah. But you know what? Overall impressions is that the area is cool. Um, I'm, I'm really happy with it. I'm excited for it. Um, it's really fun. It's, it's cool to be there. We went after, after the general opening. We were there. We were there for another five days. And we went, I think, three out of those five days um, just because you know kids wanted to get souvenirs there. We did end up getting a lightsaber, not one of the custom ones one of the one of the ones that they had there it's called the legacy lightsaber and it's pre-built and you know one of my boys whose name is luke actually he got he got an x-wing fighter suit um he looks he looks amazing he's got the poe dameron helmet on which is kind of fun did you name him after luke skywalker or is just luke was the only name you guys can i did not name him after luke skywalker are you sure Um, this is like your chance to retcon that and be like i totally (laughs) named him after luke skywalker (laughs) I didn't. I didn't. Okay. I, you had yeah. your chance. You gave it up. I did have my chance. I I, I did not name him after Luke Skywalker. So you didn't. You um, didn't. Kai you didn't buy able, the. You didn't buy the two hundred dollar lightsaber and go through that whole experience that we've seen online. Did, did not go through that experience. Um, definitely, definitely liked the the other one that I saw there better than a custom one. Um, didn't didn't really have the time to go through building my own. Maybe one day. Right. Uh, maybe when the boys are old enough to to maybe appreciate and understand that some toys that you buy at Disneyland aren't toys, aren't really toys. So yeah, th- kind of belong on a shelf. Maybe. Were there a bunch of people like had them out in the land, like carrying them around, like waving them around? Most of them had them in carrying cases. They're probably just told, "Hey, don't take this out and stop swinging it around. We don't need anyone like you know arms getting chopped at off." Night, at night, a lot of them came out. Ooh, um, that would be cool. Help. It wasn't really because what no. can you do? You can hold them straight up. And then people can follow you around. But I guess when everyone's holding up a lightsaber, then... 
then yeah. I mean, um, it's still. I don't know. It's still super cool. It's 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 an awesome addition to Disneyland. Um, I I plan on going back many times. Oh, there's um, a it's surprise. Just, it's just fun. Yeah, it's just fun. You know, my my daughter was able to get a Ray costume and she looks amazing in it. Kai was able to get Jedi robes and he looks awesome in his stuff. And so, I mean, it's fun. It's fun to be there. Um, I I hope I hope the experience that I had with cast members was was very um, centralized and is not kind of the general feeling that is going on there because some of my interactions weren't very awesome. And, and this is um, something that you like weird geek out about anyway when you're at the parks because this is like, hey, I'm going to go talk to this person and they're going to be as excited about Disney as I am. And I guess when you don't have that experience, it's like going to EA Play and you're like, dude, you love video games too. And the person's like, just keep walking, just keep walking. And you're like, oh, okay. I thought we were excited about video games together, but I guess that's not the case. You just threatened yeah, to kick I, my trash because I was going to cut into this line. Our relationship exactly. has been tainted. And I think, and I think that kind of starts to play into this whole meta that kind of exists around things like this. And I think this is going to be where the tie-in um, to Anthem happens. Oh, it's, you're bringing it back to Anthem, okay? Because then I'm gonna I try maybe a little I mean, you don't, you don't have to try. I mean, this is like an all non-anthem show that we're doing just because we want to talk about something other than anthem for this bonus show. So you don't yeah, have to I, feel I, like I you want to tie it back, but you can tie it back, and then I've I got think, something else think, to ask you. I think mainly the thing that I have and the and the ideas that I have really really hold to that 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 Jedi mindset of just being good to people. Um. With, with everything that's going on in Anthem, in Galaxy's Edge, in, in anything that you're into as a person, there are going to be people who are negative about it. And, and at the end of the day, does it matter? Like, like just treat people. I like mean, people? golden rule, right? Yeah, treat golden people rules the way kinda... you want to be treated. Yeah. I, I don't think that we need to be... I don't think we need to be as combative in life as we are. I'm um, looking at, and, and this again translates to everything, looking at the World Cup and what's going on there, looking at... Yeah, that World Cup all, stuff all is this, weird. All this stuff that's going on, you know, with with former athletes who who encourage shoe companies not to sell shoes. Like, I don't... Number one, I don't understand it because that's not how I was taught and how, what I was raised on. And different life I experiences. I think so. But but just like as a whole, like be good to people. Some things are going to be great. Some things are not. Like what can you really do to control that? Really, the only thing you have control over is your circle to make it as good as you can make it. And, and I hope people would opt for the good versus the bad. Yeah, I, I think, I think um, like speaking... I don't know, Steve. No, I, I know you don't, but I'll tell you so that you will know. So like, um, so uh, shoot, I always forget Rapone. I don't even know how to say her name correctly. I think it Rapino? might be French. Yeah, so Rapino put out a statement because people were questioning like how American she is because she said, hey, I'm not going to the White House if, if we win the World Cup, whatever. 
And she put out a statement and said, hey, you know what? Like, I understand where we came from from a country, but I also understand how great we can be. And if we all work together, we can strive for that. I mean, it was a very simple statement, really well put. And it goes to what you're saying. It's like, you know, let's all just try to be better people towards each other. Mm-hmm. And I think that'll go a long way. So, I agree. I agree. Well, you had one other thing to ask. I, I do have one other thing to ask. And this is not Disneyland related, but I guess it is Disney related because um, Spider-Man Far From Home has been released. And I wanted to gauge your excitement on, okay, new movies after Endgame. Are you excited? Are you more excited? Are you less excited? Or are you just like, I don't know if this is like the beginning of the next step for, you know, the the cinematic universe? For and does that excite you at all? So I'm, I'm totally dark as to the timeline. I know that there's some there's there's talk about the timeline and and i'm actually unsure when this movie happens i'm guessing it happens afterwards well see and and i'm unclear so i i don't have any plans to see it in the in the very close future really why because kids and and schedules and things like that like like i'll see it hopefully before it leaves theaters um because i definitely want to see because i definitely want to see it um, so I'm going in again with just an open, open mind. But I, it sounds I like really less like, excitement because Endgame, you're like, I'm going there day one. I don't know if I've recovered from Endgame yet. Oh, and that's kind of that's kind of what I'm asking because it seems like even my wife, when I was talking to her, she was like, "Hey, you know, are you excited to watch this?" She's like, "I don't know." And usually we're like all about let's go day one. We're gonna go see right. the movies. Because that's that's really like one of the only ways you can not be spoiled on it because they're talked about so much mm-hmm. is to go watch it opening and you know see it before all the spoilers come out. And right. I was like, oh, like I I mean it's Spider Man. Like Spider Man's my favorite character of all of Marvel, so I'm really excited to see the movie. But even then, I'm like, but we just finished like all these movies. Like, do we want to start over right now yeah. and move on with a whole new legacy? I mean, we just we just got done. Like, so give it give it time, kind of thing. Let's kind of. Let's kind of give it time to to percolate and mull over, and you know we yeah. can all start talking to people again. And yeah, because I think that's that's one of the things that you know happened with the Star Wars franchises. You know, I think a lot of people felt that Star Wars fatigue after Rogue One, after Solo, yeah. and people were just kind of like, I mean, they still were super successful at the box office. Box office. I mean, Solo made. I don't, I don't know if it made all of its money back because of all the reshoots and you know whatever happened yeah. with that. But, I mean, it's still more successful than a lot of the movies that come out. I mean, they're still like $200 million movies compared to movies that are released that are like, you know, $10 million movies. But I don't know if right. it's just like the fatigue. Like, man, like, let it set in there. Like, Tony Stark is, I guess, I don't know if I can spoil Endgame. Can I spoil Endgame? Endgame spoilers, skip 30 seconds if you don't want to hear them. It's like, you guys still got to let it set in that Tony's gone, right? Yeah. But then we're just right back into it. I don't know. Maybe I'm just holding it. We're just it. right back at it. I don't I don't. Again, that's why I'm not sure what the timeline is, uh, you know, because because is this really after Endgame? Are we yeah. supposed to be to the new normal? No, I mean it's it's after Endgame. I'm I'm completely dark on it, but I know it's after Endgame because Doritos and Mountain Dew is trying to market this <laughs> thing to me every time I go into a gas station. But I mean it's it's after the events of Endgame. I mean everyone's back, which I guess is kind of another weird question. It's like okay, so for five years, half of the population of the world was gone. All right, so five years you got people like, hey, I think I'm going to move into this really nice house because no one's here, and you know, so you kind of like 
reorganize start, yourselves. Start this new relationship because because you know half of my family's gone and and yeah and then, and like, then oh, by the way we're back yeah and then you snap it and then they're back and I don't think those people people age for five years so now you have this five year gap of like um okay you're back I mean, what does that do like for things like the power grid like who's been running that who's been running refineries have people just gone completely green and they're like you know. How do the people in New York live? Where I mean, there, I don't, I don't know if there's any farms in New York City. I'm sure there's farms in New York, but like, people got to be running farms. People got to like be watching the. Mm-hmm. I mean, these. I mean, this is how my brain works, and that's why it's like just stop. It's like it just works, okay? <laughs> this is like Bioware magic. It's just like it just it just works. It's like an RTX card. Works. So, anyway, those were my thoughts. But I appreciate you sharing yeah. all your thoughts with Galaxy's Edge because I'm really excited for it. Because like I said before, it's like the closest thing to a video game park that we're going to get because because star wars has been a video game for so long um i guess we have harry potter i haven't been to any of the harry potter lands yet um i have not either i i could i could take it or leave that experience it's not something that i'm really super excited for just to go through the castle but i don't this is like the closest thing we have we're never going to get like a mario land i don't think because what are you going to do would be successful they'd release a bunch of turtles and you jump on turtles I mean, if they made the entire, if they made all of Disneyland out of trampolines, that could be fun. I'm sure there would be a lot of broken legs and broken arms, but I mean, that'd at least be interesting. So, yeah. Anyway, that I think people that are actually still listening to the show, I'm surprised if you have stuck with us for this long. This is just kind of like a one off we wanted to record. We didn't want to leave everyone hanging for the holidays. So, thanks for hanging out with us. If you want us to do more of these, I don't know why you would. Just let us know and give us some topics that we can talk about. So, until next time, freelancers, we'll see you on the other side. Peace. Thanks for listening. You can find us on Twitter at Freelancer Codex, on Facebook at Freelancer Codex, or through email at freelancercodex at gmail.com. Join the Discord through the link provided at freelancercodex.com. Our show will always be free, but if you'd like to send some support, you may do so at patreon.com slash freelancercodex. Our individual Twitter handles are at Stephen Lamson, at mlamson25, at neverfear, and at JD the Joke Dealer. Freelancers, it's time to get to work. Time to get to work.